Hello and welcome to another episode of Behind the Blazer. I'm your host, Scott Sempier. In this episode, I sit down with Dante DeMeo, who is in his fourth year as part of the Performing Choir in the Philadelphia Boys Choir and Chorale. Dante discusses his time in the choir, the opportunities he has had because of the Boys Choir, and his passion for what he does. This interview was conducted during the coronavirus pandemic, and it was recorded via Skype. Enjoy. Behind the Blazer is the official podcast for the Philadelphia Boys Choir and Chorale. For over 50 years, the Philadelphia Boys Choir and Chorale has been entertaining audiences near and far as America's ambassadors of song. The Emmy-winning and Grammy-nominated program has toured regions and countries of all inhabited continents, performing for many dignitaries and in many of the world's premier concert venues. This podcast, Behind the Blazer, reveals the stories from the choir through interview format. Today I'm here with Dante DeMeo, who has been with the Philadelphia Boys Choir for a number of years and has a lot of experiences to share with us. I want to welcome you to the show, Dante. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Very good. Thank you for meeting with me. First, I wanted to ask you, going back to your origins, how did you first hear about the Philadelphia Boys Choir and Chorale? So one day I was watching this movie. It was called The Chorus. It's like this French movie about a choir, and I was actually imitating the kid. So I used to sing around my house when I was little. And then one day we watched a movie because my sister was in P-Packs, and they had to watch this movie for school. And it was it was about a chorus, and I I was imitating the kid. And then my mom heard me, and she was she was I was around like seven years old. She heard me, and she was like, "Wow, I I don't think you have, but have you ever heard of the boys, the Philadelphia Boys Choir?" Uh, and I said no. And then so she decided to show me some videos, and after a few hours of listening to them, I was like, "I I want to be a part of that. That sounds awesome." So uh, eventually, so she emailed. Jeff Smith that day and the very next day he actually uh, responded back and he said um, that he'll, he'll, he'll uh, hold auditions the very next day after the email so I only ha- I barely had time to scrape up a song to learn <laughs> or whatever and yeah. I, uh, I sung When You Whisper on a Star then I went in and auditioned and I got in the beginning cadets. Okay at seven years old? Yep, seven years old. Wow, so you were just about, what, second grade, I guess that was? First grade? Yeah, I think I was in second grade. I know you just said you had only like a, a little bit of time to prepare a song. What were you going through emotionally as a seven-year-old? What were you thinking about? How did you feel about the audition process? I, I was so nervous. I, I was like, I told my mom, I was like, I, I'm scared. Like, what if I don't make it? And then mm-hmm. uh, I, I made it. that's great and then you did beginning cadets and then from there on did you do advanced cadets or did you bridge right to performing choir so from there i actually moved on to the advanced cadets okay Uh, and then after that the whole process with the 12 blazer songs okay and how many years have you been part of the performing choir itself i've been a part for four years now so in total i've been a part of the organization for six years Another thing that's part of the choir that that's particular to you as well is that 
since you've joined the performing choir, you've served as a big brother. That's a role you served in for my son, among other people as well. Uh, what is the role of a big brother in the Philadelphia Boys Choir and Chorale? Can you educate us on what, what you would do as a big brother? Well, if they if they have any questions, feel free to ask your big brother. The big brother is there to help you navigate around because you're, you're a newbie and you need help. So we just help them around. Uh, maybe if they need help with any music things like music theory or anything like that, or they don't know what part they're on because it's confusing with all those different parts in there. They just ask for help and that's what we do. How many other choir members have you been a big brother to? So one year I had two. So this year I had two. Last year I had one. Well, he was in the springtime. He came in. His name is Justin. Okay. And, uh, he came in uh, in, in the springtime. So three actually th- in like the previous year I guess I would say and then for Asa I actually had a lot so I would say like I'm pretty sure I had like six or six or seven total. Wow that's really awesome you can see how your influence has uh, been such a part of the choir now. So going into your specific role not not as a big brother but as a as a performing chorister what are some of the most memorable experiences you've had in the Philadelphia Boys Choir itself? I love going on tour, and I remember my favorite one was in the Vietnam tour when we were singing in the rain. It was pouring, raining, and we still sung through that concert. It was about wow. like an hour and a half long, and wow. people were still out there. It was awesome. It was a lot of fun. That's cool. Could could you hear yourself as well in the rain? I mean, I can only imagine that would be quite the hindrance. Yeah, our blazers were all soaked, and <laughs> we're, like, we're all wondering when we were going to stop, but we didn't. We actually sung through the whole thing, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been on tour to Vietnam. What other tours have you gone on? Just the Italy tour. I went on uh, Vietnam, Singapore, and uh, Italy. That's it, though. Okay. And I, what, I was in for other tours, but we just couldn't go. Okay. What what attracted you to Vietnam and Singapore and then also to Italy? For Vietnam and Singapore, I remember looking at, like, Halong Bay and, like, looking up pictures, and I was like, whoa, that's so cool. And then Singapore, I knew, like, a lot about Singapore. Then in Vietnam, we learned, like, so much about, like, the traps and stuff they set. It was it was really interesting uh, about the history there. And then Singapore as well is really interesting. Okay, and what do you mean by the traps that they set? So, like, during the Vietnam War, they set, like, a bunch of creative trap. Like, they would have stuff in the ground where the whole dirt would flip if you stepped on one side of it and it'll get stuck inside the other, like, underground. They had all these weird traps that no one could think of. It. It's, like, it's like genius. It's it's weird. <laughs> Did that make you nervous, or were those traps, like, not a concern at that point? I was, like, that must have been scary, like, fighting there. Like, mm-hmm. you don't know where they are. They're super dangerous. You're definitely going to die. And then upon, also they had they dug these tunnels. I forget what they were called. Coochie tunnels. But they dug underground too. And they were like these two. It's like really small tunnels. It was like three by three or something like that. 
and you have, you crawl through it, and it's like really small. That's how they would escape if they needed to escape it. So it's it's crazy. Do you know anyone who fought in the Vietnam War? No, but I do have family members who served in the military and in other things. Also, as a chorister, as a member of the performing choir, you have had the chance to have several solos. I have a, a favorite of yours that that I remember very well. But if you don't mind, can you take us back to your first solo and what you were thinking, how you were feeling? Is it different from that first audition? What was going through your mind through that whole process? Well, do you want me to start from when my first uh, solo in the choir or ever? How about in the choir specifically, yeah? The first one I ever had was Walking in the Air. And I was actually an understudy for Zach, who happened to get sick, unfortunately for him. And so I, I actually got picked to be the understudy for that. And I sung it two times, and I was super, super nervous. I messed mm-hmm. up the first time. I, I thought that I sounded like, eh. But it wasn't that bad. I was just super, super nervous for my first solo ever, even though I was an understudy. I really wasn't expecting to sing it, so. The second solo I got, this one is actually crazy. So the next one was Leonard Bernstein's Chichester Psalms for the Philadelphia Orchestra. And there was three rounds of auditions. So there was boys from choirs that were auditioning from all around Pennsylvania and New Jersey and Delaware. And so I got picked out of those uh, of those rounds. So he chose boys from our choir. So he, okay. he chose a few boys from our choir to go sing for that. And then so eventually I ended up getting picked. And so they had they had concerts at the Kimmel Center and Carnegie Hall. Wow. Absolutely crazy. Yeah. And I got to meet Yannick Nesegan and I got picked by uh, Kencho Watanabe. Yeah, that's what mm-hmm. That when I when I sung it, there were there were also it was like a it was like three movements of the Chichester Psalms, so there was a, the Westminster Choir College was also there, and they they were there to sing for a lot of it too, and I was I was super super nervous for the whole thing, I remember th- <laughs> it's funny because I was actually crying on my mom's shoulder I was like I'm too scared. Oh wow. Yeah, but then I got out there and I was actually. Like, I, I didn't have that uh, feeling at all. I was just, like, confident and there. And what do you think is the reason you had that confidence? Mainly because I, I was, I'm scared of nerves, if that makes any sense. Like, I knew that if I'm too nervous, that I'll definitely mess up and forget things. If you're excited nervous, like, not scared nervous, excited nervous, then you'll you'll get through it. Like Like, if you realize, like, wow, this is a great opportunity. I, mm-hmm. As long as I get through this, great things are to come. So I got through the night and I did a great job. It sounds like you had to rehearse a whole bunch just to prepare for that, mm-hmm. to have that sense of confidence, like, yeah, I'm going to get this no matter what. Going back to that first solo with the boys choir, as you sang, walking in the air as the understudy, and you felt like that first performance, you didn't do well. How were you received by the other boys, those who did not have the chance to make that solo did they receive you well was there a mix of it or how did that feel it it was a mix because some boys were like 
oh man, I I, I should have gotten picked. He messed up, and and that made me feel bad. But mm-hmm. but like they they weren't really mean about it. But because uh, they were just upset that they didn't get it. <laughs> and sure. then other other boys were like, good job. It, it was your first solo. I mean, you did fine. So. And that's a hard song. That's a beautiful song. I've I've heard the choir sing that, of course, and and it's just it's really an amazing song. That's great that you had that encouragement, and also you know it's very realistic that others were jealous of that opportunity. Dante has earned several solos over the course of his Philadelphia Boys Choir and Chorale career. Here he is singing a solo for Silent Night. Enjoy. Beautiful pipes he has indeed. And now back to the interview with Dante DeMeo. What was the most wonderful performance you can think of? There there was a performance. We It was the last performance we had in Pomoli, Italy. And so the, the entire town was there. Literally the entire town. There, wow. The aisles were completely filled. And <laughs> everybody was there. And so we had homestays there in mm-hmm. Italy. And... They were so sad that we were leaving, and it was our last concert there. And and like and the mayor of Pomeli gave someone a gift for their bir- their 18th birthday or something. Oh wow! Something like that. And so it, it was all in that concert, and we got a bunch of awards there, and and it was just so emotional because they they were all crying in the audience after after we sung. They thought it was beautiful, and they were just sad to see us go. Wow, that's that's really amazing. You made that connection, and and tell me a little bit more about the homestays, if you don't mind, just a brief glimpse into what that is. So homestays is so it's like so in Italy we did it for about four days, I would say. So people volunteer to have kids stay at their homes during that time. Usually we make a lot of connection with the families. We get to interact with them and talk to them, and they take us to, like, festivals and things like that. That That's where we make our connections. Usually a lot of boys will say that homestays are their favorite. I, I really like homestays, too. It's mm-hmm. one of my favorites, but I, I just love tour, too. So in Pomeli, when you had the entire town show up, and people are crying. Were you singing to them in English, or la- what languages were you using to sing to them and to reach them in that on that level? Well, so some of it was in English, but we have songs that we sing on tour that's in Italian. The specific one that got to their heart that they really loved. I'm pretty sure we sung the song last. It was Bob Pensiero. 
I'm pretty sure you've heard it, them sing it on the streets in Italy, like from their windows, the whole town singing it. But that one seems to really get to their heart. That's really great. It sounds like you guys were America's ambassadors of song, really living up to that mantra. So we've talked a bit about the Philadelphia Boys Choir culture and experience that you've experienced already. You even went into a local performing opportunity. I, I do want to talk to you more about your other local performing opportunities. Your mother has sent me a, a list of companies and, and performing opportunities you've had with the Philadelphia Orchestra, the Opera Philadelphia, Philly Pops, Roman University Opera Company. Can you tell me about these experiences and how how you've been able to manage that and what they've been like? Yeah, so the first one I'll start off with is I remember we were in Carmen he selected like I think it was like 12 like uh, 12 boys and there was girls from the girls choir there too it was like 12 to 20 boys and then along with some of the girls from the girls choir and so they we we all got picked to do Carmen and it was a lot of fun because we, we would rehearse together. It was their first time rehearsing. It was the first time I ever sung with the girls' choir. Like We never really get the opportunity to sing together, but I, th- I thought it was really cool and interesting. That first rehearsal, we heard mm-hmm. the voices blend. It sounds it sounds slightly different, but you can hear it. It was, we made a lot of friends. I, I can tell you that. We make, like, we make friends with the girls during, during Carmen. And then we just practiced together. It, it was so much fun. Did you get this opportunity with Carmen through the Philadelphia Boys Choir? I'm, I'm presuming so, because you said they took 12 to 20. That's all yes. through the Philadelphia Boys yeah. Choir? Yeah, so the Opera of Philadelphia asked our organization for some kids to sing as like like little kids on the street. Or they, like uh, we had the part where we like made fun of the soldiers or whatever. So they asked our organization for some kids. So there we were. With these extra experiences outside of the PBCC, obviously you, you've discussed how you've been able to connect with a lot of people and reach out to other groups you hadn't before. Have you learned anything from these opportunities in addition to what you might have learned in the Philadelphia Boys Choir? Yeah. So when, when you meet these new people, you, you, lear- you learn their culture you learn how to talk to people, how to interact, how to be respectful, and you learn all these mannerisms. You also you also learn them in, in the choir too. You behave yourself in the choir. So we learn a lot of things from the choir and something that I can never forget. What, if anything, has surprised you about your roles in these local performances with Opera Philadelphia or the Pops or Rowan, any of those local experiences? I, I'm I'm just wowed that I even get to have these opportunities and be able to sing. It's 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 comes from God, really. That's that's all I can say. I, it's just an honor. I can't believe I can't I can't I can't believe that I sung for all of these organizations or that some some people would die to be able to sing with with these organizations. It's crazy. Yeah. Are are you keeping a resume or portfolio of all the different things you do? Yes, I, I do. Okay. So like whenever I get like a gig or or audition for a gig and they ask for a resume, I just have it and then I give it to them. That's great. Now another opportunity you had, which seems like it was so exciting and and 
I'm just excited to have heard about it was your opportunity with the Tulsa Opera. Can you tell us all about what you did with the Tulsa Opera and, and how long that was and, and whatnot? So they had Organ Day at, for the Philadelphia Opera Company, and they needed a boy soprano for uh, Chichester Psalms. So Jeff had some boys audition for that again. So he said, you, you just did it. You know the piece well all that. So then I auditioned along with a few other boys and I happened to get the part and I, I sung it at organ day and then someone was sitting in the audience. It was the wife of someone in, who was in the chorus, the Philadelphia Opera, and she was a soloist for Opera Maine. Her name was Mace and then she was singing, she was a soloist for Opera Maine and then uh, she told uh, a lady named Donna Vaughn was the artistic director of, uh, I think, Maine. And then she got in contact with Tulsa Opera. And Tulsa Opera invited me to audition in New York. And so I was really excited about that. So they made us do a speaking part and two other songs. Wow. Uh, like you had to act out a, a, a speaking part. And I I did Oh for the Wings of a Dove, and I also did Fare. I sung Piezu, and uh, I did speaking part from Huckleberry Finn. Okay. And people there at the auditions, there were Tobias Picker and Aaron Beck, and they were holding national auditions. And I actually got picked for that after finding out. Uh, I had to wait for like two weeks. I was... It's crazy. I, I got picked for that after two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I bet that was quite a long time to wait, even though it was yeah. two weeks. It probably it felt like was. a lot longer. And yeah. As each day went on, it was like suspenseful. <laughs> sure. So you ended up getting the part. Is that correct? Or Yeah, I, I ended up getting the part. And so I had to learn all this. So when I auditioned for that, there was also another opera that came up, which was A Mall in the Night Visitors. Which ha- So I was learning these two operas at the same exact time. So I was actually the leading role in The Little Prince. So oh, I wow. played the prince in it, and I had to learn. I was also the leading role in A Mall and the Night Visitors as well. So I was learning both of these at the same time. So I knew that I... So I auditioned in September, beginning of September for Tulsa Opera. And I knew that I had to learn my music before Amal hit because they were Amal was only giving me like a month or two to learn it. I had till January or something for Little Prince, but I ha- I I knew that I had to get that done. So I tried to learn as much as I could in September to November, and then I had to learn all of my Amal music as well. It, it was it's a lot of work. It really is, but it yeah. it, it pays off. It sounds like it's a lot of work. And in the meantime, were you going to school at that time, too? Yeah, I was also worrying about my grades, too. And <laughs> the funny thing is, I, I was really surprised. So I I worked I worked my tail off that year, and I actually pulled off straight A's. Wow. Uh, and all three marking periods. So I was, I was really glad that I was able to do that, even though I was gone from school for a, for a, a month. And so my my brother my brother's girlfriend she she helped me she would make like these math videos and she would send them to me me and my brother would go over them and I would do them fill out uh, things in my book and different things and I would do the rest of my work 
from school, so they had to, so they had to, <laughs> they they had to say that I wasn't in the school basically, and then they had to re-enroll me, but they gave me my books. That was oh, the wow. only way they could let me without being absent. It's a long story. So the principal was able to do that for me, and so I was doing that at the same time too. Also, I forgot about like doing regular choir as well. Yeah. Uh, the performing choir. There's also all that music too. That yeah, I was gonna ask about that too. So you had you were living in another state, right? And you had to do your remote learning, kind of like what we're doing now with the with the pandemic. Uh, yep. You also had to do the remote rehearsals with the boys' choir, right? Or did you not attend rehearsals? You had to do it on your own. Well, I I had to do it on my own pretty much. So I had my music. My brother just helped me learn some of it. Mr. Smith kind of let it slide. He he knew I would. uh, I'm pretty sure he's confident I I would be able to learn it while I was gone. I don't think that he thought it was necessary. I don't quite remember, but I'm pretty sure. I don't think I did any online videos with the choir. I think I think it was all just from bringing my music home. Sure. Even though Dante did not attend online rehearsals, due to the coronavirus pandemic, the Philadelphia Boys Choir and Choral has hosted online rehearsals since mid-March, only missing one Saturday to transition. Jeff Smith runs the rehearsals as usual, but he cannot hear the choir in its entirety due to technological limitations. For much of rehearsal time, Mr. Smith plays and sings while the boys sing along to their muted computers. Mr. Smith still engages with the boys to participate so that he can hear them individually and receive their questions and comments. Here's a window into one of the online rehearsals Look of the Philadelphia Boys Choir Do it one more time. Is there any specific spot you want to work on? Anything in particular we need to you think maybe the others need work on too? Jackson Angermeyer? The part where we sing and before I'd be a slave, like where we split. Okay. Right right on and before or leading into it? Um I think leading into it. Okay, so uh Oh freedom, oh, oh freedom. to ones Now back to the interview with Dante DeMeo. Tell us about leaving for Tulsa. How long were you there and who was with you? How did this all work out for your family? So I, I originally thought that my mom was going to come with me, but it, like the night of my Amal in the Night Visitors concert, the first one, I found out that she found out that she had cancer and she needed surgery. Oh, wow. And so unfortunately she wasn't able to come with me, but my brother, we got in contact with my brother, my brother Matt, and he, he decided to come with me. Okay. So 
I'm very lucky. He's also a musician as well, so he knew what he was doing. Okay, and I presume it's your older brother. Yeah. Correct? Okay. How old is How old was he when he was taking care of you? I think he was like 24. Yeah. Okay. I think he was 24. Well, that's cool. It's great to have him as uh, someone who can guide you and lead you like that and be there for you. That's great. I hope your mom is doing okay. How is she doing now, if you don't mind me asking? She, she, uh, of course. Uh, she's doing fine right now. She feels a lot better than than she did, and I'm really happy that she's feeling a lot healthier. That's a lot of change for you to go through, though, if you think about it. All, this, all of the musical accomplishments, all this crazy stuff and of course the christmas season and now you're moving to oklahoma and you find out your mom had cancer yeah that's a whole lot to handle wow. it, it, it was a lot and 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 then i i basically i was like i'm gonna get through this month and and i'm gonna make my mom proud after her surgery my the rest of my family drove to see me there it was my my grandfather was there too it was my dad my two sisters my mom and my grandfather and uh, my brother, as as I said before, they they were all there, and I just wanted to make mom proud, and I, I did well. Yeah, I'm sure you did. So what was it like to live uh, for a month with your brother away? Tell me about that, if you can. We, we had a lot of fun times. He took me to the gathering place. Uh, it's like this... It, I'm pretty sure it won like like some big award about like a park or something like that. But it's like this huge park. He would take me there once in a while. He would take me to eat. He would take he would take me pretty much everywhere. And he's a he's overall a funny guy. I I like being with him. He's like he's hilarious. I'll just say that. That is wonderful. So back to the Philadelphia Boys Choir now. As you came back after performing with the outside organization, you came back to Philadelphia Boys Choir. You came back into the rehearsals. How did the other boys respond to you after this big role in Tulsa? They were just like, wow, I thought you'd never come back. (laughs) (laughs) And then they would like tell me, they would ask me how it was, how it went and all that stuff. And I would just tell them about my experience, and I'd be like, what did I miss? How many concerts did I miss? What did you guys learn about? Am I this far, or am I ahead on learning my music, and et cetera? And we would just exchange conversations about how they're going, because they're my friends, and all of that. Wow, that's that's great. It talks about how eager you were to get right back into it, and how much you appreciate that culture and that the music there, too. So what is next for you in the Philadelphia Boys Choir and Chorale? Well, I'm not really sure. So next year, I'm going to do this next spring season. I'll audition for some solos, see how that goes. But I'm, I'm sorry to say my voice is changing. So Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, I'll be in the men's chorale soon, maybe next year. But so I'm going to become an alumni this year because okay. it's, uh, it's, I'm coming close to the end of my eighth grade year, transitioning to high school. An alumni, once you become an alumni, you can you can come back. You can leave and come back anytime you want. Well, okay. like, meaning, like, uh, during the seasons, I was thinking of taking, like, a half a year, like, one season to two-season break, just so I can get used to high school and stuff like that. But I, I'll definitely come back. I'll definitely come back. Very good. With all these experiences, especially with the Philadelphia Boys Choir experiences that you've had, moving forward beyond the Philadelphia Boys Choir – what do you envision for yourself and how has the boys choir been effectively 
training you up for that if if that's the case basically i want to do two things at the same time i want to sing and i want to be in the medical field as well because i like to help people so i was thinking in college maybe i could do those two roles at the same time if one fails i'll do the other that's what i was thinking i would do the choir has helped me through that when we sing for these people i realize how much of a connection we make with those people especially when we sing at like disabled homes or something like that you could mm-hmm. see how much how how much joy comes out of them when they hear us sing they think it's they think it's the greatest thing and it's awesome i can make that connection and that's why i love to help people and i like to i like to make people feel happy that's tremendous i'm i'm so glad to hear that that's really great and i I wish you luck in your future medical and singing careers. That's uh, very ambitious. Is there anything else you'd like to add to this interview? Anything else you think that the greater community would like to know about the Philadelphia Boys Choir or about you or about your experiences? Well, I would just say that if you <laughs> if you have a boy who likes to sing, send him over because he'll have an experience that I'll never forget. I love this organization with all of my heart. And, and I, I'll, I'll never forget any of these experiences. I'll remember it for the rest of my life. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back. I, I swear, I, I love this organization. All right. Well, that's, uh, it's truly a pleasure to speak with you. And thank you so much for joining us, Dante, with Behind the Blazer. It's really great to get to know you a bit better and hear about all this wonderful stuff that you've done. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, well, this has been another podcast episode of Behind the Blazer. I'm your host, Scott Sempier, and I thank Dante DeMeo for his time here with us. Thank you very much. Thank you. This has been a podcast of Behind the Blazer, the official podcast of the Philadelphia Boys Choir and Chorale. To buy tickets for the next performance, support, hire the choir, or audition, go to our website at phillyboyschoir.org.